I get those goosebumps every time You come around, yeah You lose my mind, you make everything so fine Worry about those comments I'm way too numb, yeah It's way too dumb, yeah I get those goosebumps every time I need the hype Throw that to the side, yeah I get those goosebumps every time, yeah When you're not around me Throw that to the side, yeah I get those goosebumps every time, yeah 713 Through the 21, yeah, I'm riding Why they on me? Why they on me? I'm flying Sipping low-key I'm sipping low-key and I Slide right up I get those goosebumps every time You come around, yeah Yo, yo. Good evening, everyone. Welcome Catchy. back to Loaded Mag NUFC. We are back for another special um, uh, with our very, very special guest tonight. But boys, um, once you've stopped bopping to that fantastic intro, um, how's things? All's good with me. All's good with me, Pete. Uh, we had, had a nice little chat yesterday. But before I forget, I said I promised the Irish mags that I would mention this. So I want to tell everyone that's in Ireland and is around Dublin on Sunday that there is a meetup in the Camden uh, for the uh, Newcastle United versus Arsenal game. So details are on there. Go check in with uh, the Irish mags. And uh, if you're about... Come and join them, and it's up uh, booked from 3 p.m. and obviously the kickoffs at half four. So check that out if you're about in Dublin Dad, on Sunday. Quality. Uh, it, it, I saw a bit on the picture. So is it the Irish tune? It said on there. That's class. Oh, that's probably. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a, it's a nice little picture. Nice little uh-huh. picture they've got going there. Nice, it yeah. looks like a nice pub. <laughs> yeah, and just if the lads are wondering. We were in the WhatsApp group. Well, I was in the WhatsApp group. We, I'm still there. we, we, we were, um, we were very nicely asked to join the WhatsApp group. But and unless the 170 plus who are in that WhatsApp group are buying me a, a new iPhone, um, I found myself recharging my battery about three times a day due to the amount of uh, texts and other messages coming in. So I have jumped back out of the group. But um, anybody that's on it, uh, Paulie Slaughter and all the guys that it's on it. Um, if you need to get in touch with me, just drop me a DM or whatever. And the lads that set it up, drop me a DM. It's just a, obviously with Loaded and a few others. Um, Daz, myself, all the boys were in quite a few different groups. So, uh, yeah, phone code and hack it. Brand new iPhone and it's just dying on me. So, yeah, just in case. Now you know how Pete Graves feels. This, is, this must be everyday occurrence for him. I know, I tell you. Do you know what it is? I don't, I don't know how he does it. You, know, you must have a couple of phones, that's all I can say, because mine was not enjoying being in that what in, in that group and getting a thousand plus messages over a day. Yeah, yeah a bit, bit busy. And of course, actually another thing I should mention, this is our 100th Loaded Mag episode, lads. We've done, 100, we've done loads of different types of shows, but a 100th uh, Loaded Mag episode. And uh, who better to, to, to come join us for that episode than the man himself? Let's, let's not beat around the bush it's welcome on it's a pleasure to have him back with us on the channel again um it's sky sports news his own pete graves 
Welcome, Peter. Yeah. I get those goosebumps every time. You've come a long way, you lot. That is that was class. That it's it's uh, it's a sign of the times as well. When I see the uh, the thing of the the Irish mags getting together in Dublin, I'm think I actually thought to myself, oh, that looks class. I might go to that. And I thought, oh no, I'm match. I can't. I'll be actually there, so I can't. I can't go meet the lads in Dublin. But that looks that looks brilliant. And by the way, just if my wife is watching, I've only got one phone, darling. Okay. It's an absolute pleasure to have you back on. Thank you for taking the time. I know we've tried to sort this out a while now, but obviously different things always keep getting in the way because you are yeah. so busy. I cannot believe how busy you are. It's like non-stop for you, my man. Yeah, Pete, apologies. I have had to cancel a couple of times, so I'm pleased we, we, could, we could do it tonight. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, a busy old, it's a busy old time. What it is, because I do the breakfast show at Sky now, so I also go to bed like really early. Um, and um, I've turned it. It's it's great for my health doing bre the breakfast show. So I've got to be up like crack of dawn, four o'clock in the morning. So I know you guys have all got a drink in your hand, and I I kind of do it. So you know, I, I'm, I'm desperate for a beer right now to be honest. But I have to. Uh, I, there's no point if I have one, I have ten, and then I can't get up in the morning. So uh, so I'm it's, not sure it's we can do it either. After our trip to Newcastle <laughs> last weekend, I'm not sure we can do it either. Uh, yeah. We're going to take a bit of a break. <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was a yeah, bit of a mad one. Um, that was definitely a feat, hundred percent. It was a and, and look, let, let's talk, let's talk about that really briefly because we did have the, the fantastic charity event that that we put together along with um, Newcastle Fans TV, where we raised over eight hundred pounds for the the Gateshead Food Bank. It was a great occasion. A good kick around. The score doesn't reflect the quality, is what I'll say. Um, uh, with the final result, but look, it was a, it was a really really um, great day. Thank you for everyone that came to visit, and um, yeah, hopefully next year we can have a Mr. Pete Graves coming and representing one of the teams. Who knows? Did he do it on the Friday night? You did it on a night when I think it was, I, I was, it was a Saturday. You were at a wedding, I think. Oh, was it my yeah, you were at your niece's wedding, weren't you, Pete? Mm. I was. I'll definitely play next time because uh, it's great there at the uh, foundation of the Newcastle, mm. isn't it? On the top, it's oh, absolutely lovely. class. I've been to a few kids' birthday parties, so if you are, if you've got a little one and you're watching it and you're in the northeast and you want a good venue for a kids' birthday party, they've got like a gaming room with playstations and that. They've got the football pitch on the top. It's absolutely brilliant. So get your kids down there for a birthday party. I'd recommend it. Would would you bring your fella to the to the to, to the area for, for his? Actually, about your fella, I think I saw him on TV. Now we've spent a lot of time this morning looking back at Newcastle's incredible six-one win over Tottenham yesterday, but you might have missed something. Before the game, nerves could have been expected, but one of the mascots was full of confidence. Here he is. As the camera made its way down the line, if you didn't see it first time, we've slowed it down for you. Now, who is, Emma, this <laughs> is mystery it? mascot? Very do you confident. understand, do you um, <laughs> recognise that cheeky smile and, let's, let's face it, bit. very confident <laughs> face? Because Persona. there are some close links to Good Morning Sports fans. Oh, look at that. Our very own Pete Graves revealed all on his Twitter with this post last night. The lucky oh. mascot enjoyed his day as well. well Thanks, Fabian Scher, for... Looking after Gravesy, he'll never forget this day. How yeah. cute is that? But it's a fantastic moment. He's, it, mascot for your club would be amazing, but then winning 6-1 oh. as well. Yeah. He's a lucky 
Look, he's sparking the Champions League next Maybe season. Have to take, yeah. take <laughs> young William him. to every game if I was Eddie Howe. That's the thing to do. <laughs> well done to him. Hope he enjoyed it. Well done, young Gracie. <laughs> Absolutely. What, uh, you, what, you must have been as pleased as that. I was, mate. I was quite surprised because he's quite... Um... He's not the most confident usually, but he absolutely lapped it up. 55,000 people and he was there. And I saw that as the camera went down and I saw him do the thing, I thought, oh, I hope the camera's caught it. And we, by the time we sort of went back into the ground, my f- messages were coming through and loads of people had seen it on the telly. But the best thing about that is that Tom White, who's a massive Sunderland fan, had to admit, he's like his mate as well, but he had to admit live on air that we could probably go to the Champions League next season and that must have been, must be tough. <laughs> Really tough. So uh, it's a fair play. But no, Will, uh, the thing is with, with young Gravesy, he thinks now that uh, he's the most famous man on Tyneside. He's like, next time we go to the game on Sunday, do you think people are going to be asking me for my autograph and selfies, Dan? I'm like, nah, we'll see, lad, we'll see. We'll give it a few years. <laughs> Love, it. Love it. Brilliant stuff. We've that with Martin as well now. Uh, that's where he's probably gone to get a few more selfies there, there for yeah. the drop off. <laughs> well, we'll do, do a few more like, birthday messages off the, off the phone, uh, like, like Adam P. But no, look, um, it's a, no, that was a fantastic moment. And look, it, it kind of segues nicely actually onto Newcastle United at the moment because he was part of what was an outstanding day of football. Um, and Newcastle had been on a, an unbelievable run after that disappointment of losing to Villa. We'll just hit back with three brilliant wins, starting with obviously the Tottenham game. Um, you know, what what have you made, uh, firstly, of that particular game in isolation, the, the, the Spurs game, and how amazing that was? But what have you made of the turnaround since since the cup final of, of Newcastle? And, and what do you expect between now and the end of the season? I think the, 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 the way they bounced back after that cup final was un- un- unbelievable. I mean, they went to City straight after it, didn't they? And they lost that one. And he, he had that feeling. They'd lost to Liverpool and, and then they lost the cup final and then they lost to City. And you thought the season could sort of implode. And then they just went on this unbelievable run. As we know, I think, what is it? Is it one defeat in 10 or so? Anyway, they've got this unreal run. Apart from that one blip at Villa, they've been absolutely brilliant. That Spurs game was one of the... Best afternoons I've had as a supporter following Newcastle. I am really, really, having lived through the Keegan era, lived through the Bobby Robson era, I'm really, really struggling to decide, and this is a big comment, but which which was the best? Because this is unbelievable. I've never known a coach make players that I thought were absolutely useless brilliant. And Eddie Howe, I mean... I love Kevin Keegan. I love Bobby Robson. Um, I'm falling in love with Eddie Howe. I really am. I think it's been brilliant. That Spurs game, uh, we've been on the pitch with with Will, and then straight at kickoff, we started making our way back up to our to our seat. And so you've got to go out of the ground. And I was coming back and I was walking around, sort of you know where the where the, the players' buses arrive. I was there and I heard a cheer. And I I woke up that morning. And I said I said to all my family, I said got a really bad feeling about this today. Got a bad feeling. Shows how much I know. And I heard a cheer and I said to Will, I said, oh, I can't believe it. We're one nil down already. And got up to the seat and I walked in. Someone said, it's one nil. And I went, yeah, I know. And he went, and he saw by my face, he went, no, no, it's one nil in Newcastle. I was like, oh, brilliant. And I was like, who scored? And as, as I said that, I turned and I saw that amazing ball and Joe Linton was in and round the keeper and, 
a perfect view of it. So I knew he was on side. I was like, 2 0, 2 0, I can't believe it. And then I said to everyone, I said, yeah, 2 0 is a dangerous scoreline. I still wasn't convinced. And then when the third one flew in, um, it was just like, oh, what is going on? And then the fourth goal and then the fifth goal. And it was just like dreamland. It reminded me of uh, the last game of the season when Kevin Keegan got us promoted to, um, to into the Premier League and we played Leicester City on the last day and we were 6-0 up at half-time. And like I remember I was only a, a young kid. I remember seeing grown men cry in the stands around me because they were so emotional about how good we were. And my... To show how much my like, I was in the Melbourne paddock that day. Fast forward to I'm 41, and I was in the posh seats for the Spurs game. And I turned around and I, I made eye contact with Sting, who was <laughs> celebrating yeah. wildly. And I thought, what is going on? There's Sting over there <laughs> celebrating. This they're going five nil up against Spurs. Um, yeah, it was just brilliant. The first ever Premier League game we ever had, I was there, was against Tottenham Hotspur. We lost 1-0. Teddy Sheringham scored the goal. I remember being really upset afterwards. And I remember me and my dad going, this is going to be a long, hard season. And we ended up finishing third that year. Fast forward now to 2023. We are third in the Premier League once again. We're battering Spurs, like 6-1. And I just think... Just, it, was, it was almost like another part of the journey of being a Newcastle fan was complete. And I, I'm just so happy, boys. I'm so happy. I think it's uh, it's phenomenal. The job that they've all done, the players they've signed, every single one of them, and the players who were at the squad before and have improved and have got on board. And the fans as well. It's just, there's no better place to watch football. And it's, we are, it's the best stadium in the world for me. Obviously, I'm biased, but... The, yeah, I'm lucky enough to go. I go a lot of football. There's nothing like St James's Park. It is on. It is like rocking at the moment, and um, I can't wait for Sunday. Getting the scarves out. I can't wait. Yes, cannot wait. And look, we, we, we might as well touch on it. Uh, talk about it now because you've you've touched on it. It's a massive, massive game on Sunday, but. The next five games are absolutely massive. And I think yeah, we've got the remaining fixtures on here as it's put on there. Arsenal, then we go to Leeds. Then we've got the rearranged fixture against Brighton, back-to-back, Leicester at home, and we finish at Chelsea. You know, are we are we getting Champions League, Pete? Is it is it is it is the is it gonna become a reality? What 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 are your what is your mindset right now? Uh I said to someone today, until it's done. Uh, yeah, I, I still, I'm still nervous. It, it, it's part and parcel of being a Newcastle fan. We've come so close to things and failed at the, the final hurdle that I, I am worried. But that, that, but I keep looking at the league table and like people who support other clubs in the office, I'm doing their head in because they're like, "We stop being so stupid. You've qualified for the Champions League already. Just enjoy it." And I'm like, oh, "Hey, Pete, are you telling yet. me? Are you telling me, Pete? You can't hear the music because we hear the music." It's coming, Pete. Believe it's it, it's coming. It's getting louder. It, 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 it can get lo- a lot louder. <laughs> and when it comes, there, it's coming. There we go. There we go. We'll stop that uh, for now. You've cursed it now, Daz. You've no, cursed no, it now. I, I, I've been doing that since October. He really <laughs> has. Believe it or not, really I have. <laughs> really? So, no, it, look, it looks... Go on, sorry. 
was, was going to say, it looks like it's it looks like we're almost there. So I think it, I've got a good feeling about Sunday, but I had a bad feeling about Spurs and, and we battered them. But I, I just think if we can get something, yeah, it's I, I I would I would love to go to Chelsea and I love the the traveling support to go to Chelsea and not have anything to worry about, just to go there and enjoy the day and. Um, and just know that it was it was secure. I don't want to go there. With, I don't want it to go at the final day. I just don't think my nerves can take it. But I'm, I'm, I think it'll be wrapped up. I think it'll be wrapped up. I see us getting something against Arsenal on Sunday. I think the atmosphere is going to be incredible. I think I know they got a win during the week, but I just think their season's tailed off at the, the time when ours is really taking off. So uh, I think I think we'll I think we'll get something really the win or draw. I look at the other games again. Brighton. I just I like the fixtures we've got. Leicester at home, Leeds away is one I'm worried about under Big Sam. I think that'll be tough. Out of all the fixtures that are coming up, that's the one I'm probably worried about. Um, catastrophe I'm saying off. I can't see and I can't see uh, as, as dropping points at home. So then it's just Leeds away and Chelsea away. My, the, the fly in the ointment at Chelsea might be that they might have a new manager in the stand, and we've seen just. What having a new manager so that might that might cause issues, but uh, but yeah, that's yeah. I'm I, I'm I'm fairly confident we'll do it. I think the negativity you're on about that, like fans have before uh, the game on Sunday, is because the fact obviously Brighton, Man United play tonight, and then obviously Liverpool play Brentford before we kick off again on Sunday. If those results go against us, obviously there's a bit more pressure on Sunday. But if those results go in our favour anyway, I think it makes it a lot easier for the fans to be less pessimistic on Sunday. Would you agree with that, Pete? Yeah, I think that's, I think it almost helps playing late. Yeah, that um, can go two ways, can't it? But I mean, tonight to, to, every game it's really nice that like, like every game's important, isn't it? I just like you know, when you go into the weekend and you're not just worried about the Newcastle result. You're looking at like four or five others as well, which is uh, which is is weird isn't it at this stage of the season um so uh so uh yeah i mean you need a couple of teams to do us a favor but uh i just th- I think we need liverpool to, to to lose one don't we or just to not just make us feel a lot more comfortable yeah, they've scraped results in their last three you just need them to drop points pete because that they, they, they can only they can max out 71 points so you know if, if we match that ultimately uh, i think we've got a, a 10, 11 better goal yeah. difference. It's 11 um, in the so, um, it, we're, we're at that point now where, you know, like two wins takes us to, takes us to that, that number and we'd be confident with our goal difference that we'd be able to be, uh, see it through. Um, any drop points from there and, and, it, and, and obviously the points difference narrows and it, it only goes in our favour. So, you know, obviously they were, some may say Liverpool were lucky to get the win um, yesterday, because there was, there's been a lot of conversation about um, the penalty that was given, and and a lot of conversation in and around that. They weren't convincing against Fulham. Fulham had chances, um, and this is the thing. This is not the full throttle Liverpool that we've we've seen over the years. And they've they've got Brentford coming to them on Saturday, and and that won't be an easy game for them. Uh, Brentford are doing well. Ivan Tony's playing really well for them, and they're putting results together at a, at a good time. They went to Stamford Bridge and and destroyed Chelsea. So, uh, I I think you're right, Pete. I think we'll be in a position where where Liverpool will drop points and it will make it just that little bit easier for us. But um, you know, you touched on Eddie Howe. Um, 
what a guy, what a manager he, he's turned his around. And, um, you know, he has been put forward for manager of the month. Um, surely he gets manager of the month with the results that we've had in April. Sure, it's a given. Is anyone else going to rival that, in your opinion? It's a pretty good list, that, isn't it? Roy Hodgson and uh, Gary O'Neill have done great jobs lifting Crystal Palace and Bournemouth away from at the bottom of the table. They both looked in really precarious positions. Unai Emery, as you know, with Villa, they've been, they were on a great run and, and uh, they've tailed off a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Pep is Pep. Um, it's a, just to, to see anyhow amongst that, they're all there for very different reasons, aren't they? Um, you know, Guardiola's got the title race back in his in his hands. O'Neill and Hodgson, it's been about getting their teams away from relegation. You know, um, I think you, you just look at Eddie's face there. He doesn't care, does he? <laughs> <laughs> next game. All he's thinking about is that next game. <laughs> he won it. He won it. He won it. Didn't he? A couple, did he win it for March or he won it? He won it a couple of months ago. I think. Uh, I think. I think that's all of the all of those managers are in with a shout. Oh. Oh, he's probably, he's probably uh, um, stopping the call coming in, and he hit the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. um, just to let people know. Uh, the super chat is open. Super chat, super stickers are open. Thank you for those that have put theirs in now. Uh, um, we, we might as well give those people. A, um, yeah, I'll, I'll bring them up for you. He's back. He's, back. <laughs> He's in there. Oh, jeez. I you know I've got rubbish. I've got rubbish Wi-Fi. So I'm so sorry. No, no, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Um, we're just giving a shout out to those that have put the super chats and super stickers out. Um, thanks, thanks, Jules. Um, yeah, huge congratulations on the 100th show. Um, you've all worked so hard and the success is, um, as it said, on there. And Ray Borough, um, massive thanks for your super sticker um, for that as well. Um, yeah, massive thanks. And if um, anyone's got a question, and I think there's a few, get them in for Pete. What do you think, boys? Should we throw some questions his way? Yeah, let, let's get them in. Go. Yeah, well, let's have a look at Right, well, I'll tell you what, we, we, we briefly mentioned the uh, the Fulham game earlier, just like last night, about a few minutes ago. So, uh, Craig Chadwick has asked, uh, Pete, what do you think um, of Howard Webb and the current standard of refereeing and VAR? Uh, it's, <laughs> <tough. laughs> it's a tough question. Um, I think the one last night was... He looked. The lad looked like he pulled his leg out of the way, didn't it? And uh, I think it's the referee gave the penalty and they didn't overturn it. So it's they're trying to go with the, the on-field referee where possible. It needs to be sorted out. I think the reality is, lads, that they've got it in place now, but it, it's it's going to become automated. I think it will get better. I think we'll we'll all look back and say, "God, remember how bad it used to be." I think offsides will, will be done in a millisecond. Like that, and none of us will question it because it'll be done with. It won't be people. It won't be humans in the studio slowing it down. It'll just be artificial intelligence that be bang. So I think yeah. that the offside thing will be sorted out. And as for, for the penalties, I think it's almost. I, I think the VR. I'd like to see them be be able to be a bit stronger. Um, you know, the referee gives the penalty, and I think they're told they have to sort of try and go with the on-field decision where possible, but. I think they should be have more power to overturn in that situation, and maybe and they don't want any delays to the game, so it's tricky. Uh, what I will say is, with VAR, as frustrating as it is, we were all frustrated with officiating before VAR, and 
when you have a game when you don't have it, it really does your head in. So when Newcastle lost against Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup, their opening goal was offside. Our equaliser was offside. Of course, there's no VAR. So I was a bit like, oh, God, I wish there was VAR. And I find, I find myself doing that in some of the cup competitions. And when I watch games in the, in the Football League, sometimes I'm like, oh, I bet they got it. They don't have VAR. So there's, there's pros and cons, but they've made mistakes. But I think the stats are that the large, more, more decisions are right than they used to be. So just stick with it. I think it'll get better. I think it's very much still in its organic sort of developing phase. But Newcastle had it pretty rough. I was going to say, because I think what made last night difficult was the fact that Tom Kearney had that interview afterwards and mentioned that one of the, his players had been told by the referee that he didn't think it was a penalty. So, surely if he's you know, he, when he actually sees it or makes a decision, he should be talking to his VAR and say, look, can you check that? I think it's a penalty or I don't think it's a penalty. And then that person should just say, look, just go over at the monitor and have a second look at it yourself. And then you make the decision rather than you know, someone not wanting to go against the decision on the ref- the referee or overruling them for something completely different. I don't know what you think on that, Pete. I think what happened, I think the process is that he gives the penalty, the VAR look at it, and if they don't think there's enough to overturn the on-field decision, they don't do it. So I think it's there. And then what's happened is he, he maybe has looked at the, the incident again and went, ah, it's probably a harsh one. That probably wasn't, it wasn't what I thought. And then he's, if he has said that, I don't know. As Tom Kearney said that, I know. If he has said, oh, it wasn't really a penalty, he's kind of like trying to almost say, I've seen it now. And I, it, it was it was harsh. But it's that's the process. The VAR, don't try not to overturn the on-field decision uh, where unless it's glaringly obvious. And on that one, I mean, you only need to look on the NUFC Twitter. Last night, I was, I was looking this morning and it, a lot of fans were divided on whether it was or whether it wasn't. I saw that, so... You know, I, I look at all the fan accounts, and you know, in the morning, and just I was, I, I was interested to see what Newcastle fans' reaction were to Liverpool winning again, and uh, and everyone was split. So if if we're all split, then the VAR shock were probably a bit fifty-fifty as well. So they went with the ref. So that's it's as simple as that. Just Fulham were unlucky, and Liverpool will take it. And uh, you know, I, we, we wouldn't be talking about it if. If if um, we'd watched Alexander Isak or Wilson strut up and smash it in the back of the net for one 0 win, so that that's football, I guess. Just just to, just to finish off the topic of, of the VAR and uh, Michael Pomar's just commented because obviously you you get to see a lot of social media doing the shows that you actually do at Sky uh, with the interaction, and he's just said, "Is it just us biased NUFC fans that think I think something is up with Liverpool? How can they keep getting these decisions week on week?" Mm. Um, I think all fans of all football clubs uh, sometimes think that there's a there's a bias towards the bigger teams, um, and I think often that's that's you know everyone. I think I think Liverpool have had some decisions go their way this season, which uh, I mean the one that I remember is the Trent the Trent handball, which was it, it, which was you know another one where you thought that looked like a, it looked like a handball, but. I genuinely, genuine. I always say this. I don't think there's a genuine. There's no conspiracy or anything like that. I think people spend too much time worrying about stuff like that. It's just that you find that some clubs get some decisions go against them and go and some, and you have a good run. We might next season we might have ten decisions go our way that are fifty fifty. Just feels like this season there's been a lot of gone against us, uh, and, and so Newcastle fans are really, really disappointed with that. But despite all that, we still find ourselves third in the table, which is. Amazing when you think of some of the decisions that went went against us that were real 50-50s, I think. So, um, like I say, 
VAR frustrates me as well. It frustrates all football fans, unless you get one. It's fantastic when it goes in your favour. I mean, what about the... I, I'm thinking of the, I remember always thinking the one 0 win against Spurs when we got that Eric Dyer handball right at the end, which was like, yeah. And w- Wilson oh, yeah. went up and scored one nil, and I was like, fair enough, he take it. I was absolutely jumping around the living room with the goal, but there's never a, that was never a penalty either. I mean, that's just one off the top of my head. But we've had a few go our way, but we seem to have had a lot go against us uh, this season. There's more, you know. You never remember the ones that go in your favour. There's been a few actually where. Um, and I thought oh, we got away with that one there. It's been a really tight offside, or um, or it's been a, there's been a tackle over the top where you could think, have another look at that. That could be a red. But you just you forget about it and move on. And by the, by the evening, you don't think about it anymore. When one goes against you, you think about it for days and days. Yeah. So, we had a, we had a Dan Byrne one. I think it was against Brentford at St James's where he was like literally. He was just jumping for the ball and the players headed it on his arm. And it was a little bit like the Eric Dyer one. And it was like, what? That is never a penalty. But, uh, you know, we ended up winning the game. So that's why we don't talk about it now. But uh, but no, right. we, we've, had a, we've had a few that have gone against us. Um, but I think we've had more that have kind of um, gone yeah. against us than, than we have gone for us. And it's yeah, almost like I agree with that. that one out. Uh, we had that Batman one where uh, against Brentford, where Batman was very unlucky. He did go right through the player and then finished him, <laughs> nearly finished his career. But yeah, it was never a penalty. That one, if you <laughs> remember. <laughs> I think I think the one thing about the VR needs to be the ham the, the handball, though, because obviously it's defensively obviously it's picked up. But you know, even if it's not deliberate for an attack, like you look at Callum Wilson's goal uh, that was ruled out against Brentford away. You know, he barely touched his arm. He was and he was trying to obviously chest it down, but to get penalised for that when you see more deliberate handballs for a penalty not given, I think that's something that needs to be addressed in the summer when the you know the PGM or well sit down and go through the, the VAR rules because it's it's a bit harsh. You know, if it's a deliberate handball to control it, and fair enough. Uh, but sometimes Stephen to go back a phase as well. It's it's just ridiculous. I don't know if anyone saw that one. I, know, I think uh, Sky covered it. There was where. Uh, a fantastic goal scored in the J League uh, last weekend, where a guy scored just from inside the opposition heart, lobbed them, uh, and it was probably one of the best goals never given because then they looked back into it and there was a handball in the box just before, and so the goal got ruled out and they got a penalty and scored. And it was two two rather than three one, so it's it's ridiculous that it's it gets to something like that. But uh, right, another question because we've got quite a few to get through. I know we've only got Pete for probably another half an hour, so right, let's say. Uh, Next question from Gary Milligan. Obviously, the legend that is Jeff Stellan announced his retirement uh, at the end of this season. He says, Pete, who would you think would be the perfect choice to replace Jeff Stellan? Uh, it, oh, that is like, that is one. I, 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 sorry, Gary, I can't, I can't answer that, I'm afraid. I, uh, all I will say is that uh, Jeff's been brilliant with me. I, you know, I love him a bit. Um, He's a he's one of the presenters that I've always looked up to. He did an amazing job at, um, at Soccer Saturday program. I, I've I've loved watching. Um, so there's oh. yeah, it's slightly breaking up. Lost him for a second. Yeah. 
<laughs> Wonder if that was strategic. So you, so you didn't yeah. Have to <laughs> he, he, he already knows he's replacing Jeff Berry. He's not saying that. Oh, yeah, you're back. You're back. You're, <laughs> you're back. back, you're back. back. <laughs> no, he's, he's, oh, he's, no, he's, he's doing that. Like, 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 no, he's pretending. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, really basically, yeah. I don't know, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck yeah, to you. Really I, don't, I don't know. It's been a pleasure to work with Jeff Sterling. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say anybody. I don't pick someone out because there's a lot. I've seen, I've seen all the candidates. Uh, it's a really hard job. That is a really tough job. Um, you've got to be super organised and you've got to be, you know, on on point. You've got to know what's happening in League Two, League One, Championship, Premier League, Scotland. Um, you've got to be an absolute worldy presenter. So what I can say is that rules me out. <laughs> I think I think the other thing though, Pete, is you've also got to think as in, are you prepared to go and give up watching your own team on a week-to-week basis as well? Because obviously we know how long he's he's been involved with Hartlepool, which is the love of his life, but and he obviously is on the board there, but never really gets to see them because obviously he's working on the Saturday. So you know it's, it's a big it's a big thing to give up possibly going to see your team every weekend for a job like that as well. So difficult one. Difficult one. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to the NUFC yeah, questions, uh, Tom Dixon would like to know who do you think will be relegated this season? Because obviously it's been quite a close call. You know, at one stage the bottom nine was separated by some like five points, weren't they? But who do you think will be uh, relegated? You lot got some horrible bloody questions, haven't you? <laughs> uh... <laughs> just our viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Great questions. Put me on the spot. I'm sweating. Um, I am going to go with Southampton. We've got to be Everton. Forest. Forest. The thing is with Everton, when they brought in Sean Dyche and Steve Stone, who, you know, honestly, they are top, top lads. And and I just thought they'll they'll do the job, that they're going to keep Everton out of it. But the results just haven't gone the way I thought. I'm gutted for Stoney because Stoney's a really good lad. He's obviously a Geordie. And, um, it, but their fixtures are tough. They need to win the last two. Everton have got two winnable last two games. They've got Bournemouth and they've got Wolves, who are both going to be safe. So I think Everton could win both of them. Leeds, Leeds the Sam Allardyce experiment is going to go one of two ways. They're either going to, they've got to beat Newcastle next Saturday. If we if we go there and win, I think they could go down. I'm going to go with Southampton, Forest, and Leeds. Okay, at least you didn't, least you didn't do a Keith Wall to sit on the fence, though. That's that's one of the good things. To, to be fair, uh, speaking to a lot of Leeds fans, um, they they a lot of them, and to be fair, in in circles of their media, they are hanging their hopes on beating us next Saturday. Like they're, they're obviously discarding the Man City game, probably rightly so, at the Etihad. But they are literally hanging their hopes on picking points up from from Newcastle. So if Brave. we go, as you said, Pete, if we go there and obliterate them, which we're more than capable of doing, we did it against Everton. Like we are literally dashing their hopes. Like and they're they're going to have mm. to then potentially rely on other people to bail them out. I take I take a lot from what I see. I work with guys and girls who support all of these teams. So it's like I go into the office and I'm literally chat to Leeds. It's not like when I worked in the northeast, everyone supports Newcastle. I just talking to Leeds fans, I'm talking to Forest fans, talking to Southampton, Leicester. You know, they're, and they're all sending their tweets and emails in. And, and there's guys in the office that support these football clubs. I spoke to a Leeds fan today, and he went, "We're down." 
And I went, oh, it's a big Sam. You know, he was like, nah, I just can't. Not enough time. We're down. And that's that's like the guy who goes to games home and away. And, you know, so I, I think that they'll be praying. They're praying for a miracle. But I think that I think that I just you've got to start looking at the players as well. Who's got the best players? And like Leicester have got a strong squad and so have Everton. Just think that could make the difference. They've got experience in some good players. I'd say Southampton, Southampton are down and Leeds, um, they've had injuries and they've got one or two decent players, but it hasn't worked. And um, and I just feel as well that the other one, Forest, they signed too many. Yeah. yeah. But you're, you're right. Leicester do have quality players, but their players are not used to that dogfight, relegation dogfight. So... Yeah, it could go with a number of different, and that's why we, we will we'll all be glued to it and be watching Sky. Uh, I, I that game the other night, Everton Leicester. Sorry, Pete. That, that yeah, game Everton Leicester. They, they, they look like two decent teams who, who are going to fight, and that made me think that wow, both of them might be all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They might be the two that get out of it. Yeah, you just sometimes you just need a bit of quality from one player or something like that. And, you know, you've got the James Madison's, you, you know, Jamie Vardy. You look at you know, Pickford even saving penalties, you know, standing up and not often people keep us actually get to stand up and have the balls to do that. So, yeah, if you've got the experience and quality, something that goes through. And to be fair, there's a few teams down that haven't got much quality in their squad. So, but let's get back to the NUFC question, right? And this is the question that everyone seems to want to know. So we've got to start with this one. Now, we all love Eddie Howe, as Pete mentioned. All of us do, and all of you viewers do as well. But he's got a difficult decision on, on Sunday does Eddie start Isak and Wilson against Arsenal on Sunday? Right. I was I've just written my column for the Newcastle programme and I was I was thinking about this all morning. Is it time now to start them both? Problem is, the way he's rotating them at the moment is working. Yeah. So ultimately he has to this season start them both. And you look at this the the last game. You know, I thought Gordon was a bit unlucky. Actually, he got hooked at half time. But if he'd have taken, he'd have taken the one that is the post. He'd take one of those two chances. We'd all be having a very different conversation. Um, but Isaac has been so good. He's on. He's basically undroppable. And bringing Wilson in, I mean, I, I wrote this morning. He's he's Isaac scored. I think seven in his last nine, and Wilson has scored something like eight in five. I mean, they're both absolutely on fire, but the rotation's also working. So it's it's very, very... Uh, I mean, you see, he's only started two of those games, eight yeah. and seven, and, you know, he's come off the bench in five of those games and scored a couple of goals in each. Wilson might be saying to Eddie behind the scenes, Gaffer, I quite like this coming off the bench and be, you know, the, the defenders are a bit more tired. He's definitely looked better when he comes on as an impact player. I mean, to be fair, he started against West Ham and scored twice and he started against Everton and it was brilliant that scored night twice. as well. So, scored twice again. So, yeah, he, he scored when he starts and he's scoring when he comes off the bench. Isaac looked very comfortable on the left-hand side. Um, so, yeah, maybe you start Isaac left um, and, and Wilson in the middle. I don't know whether Arsenal's the game to do it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how Eddie Howe yeah. does it, man. I literally try I and guess the team, and it's so difficult. I, I haven't guessed one right. I, I used to know the team, by the way. My mates used to message me on the morning and say, do you know the team? I'm like, yeah. But I don't I don't know the team anymore. I don't know anything, which is, <laughs> which is quite nice, actually. It's testament to the way the football clubs run uh, for years, for years, probably since the 
early noughties, I've probably known the team ahead of the, the head of the announcement, but I, I don't know it anymore. I, I, I wouldn't personally. Uh, um, I said this on our TV show last uh, last night. Um, I, I, st- I, I don't. Uh, I, I do believe it will be those two in the same team next season at some point. But this season, I think it's crucial. You've made the point, Pete, and you're exactly right. Um, it's working right now. It's some. It, it's, it's a system that's working. And I, I genuinely believe that Wilson will be on the bench again. And I think he'll go with Isaac and he'll go with his tried and trusted. Um, and this is all based on Sean Longstaff being fit, which we assume that he's going to be. Um, and it'll be the tried and trusted Joe Linton on the left, Willock, Bruno and, and Longstaff, because that's what's won us the bulk of our games this season. And to make such a drastic change that if it goes wrong, you then haven't got someone to come off the bench to make that difference that you've talked about. And you're quite right in saying that has made the difference. Callum Wills has done it time and time again. Isaac's done it. He did it against Everton with that Maisie run that, that created the goal for, for, for Murphy. So if we, if we don't have that, particularly against Arsenal, where we are going to need that bit of firepower, that little bit of extra magic that could potentially make the difference, then that actually doesn't go in our favour. Um, and so for me, I, I, I don't see it happening. I see us going with, with a tried and tested, um, the, the hard to beat, the, the hard to break down Newcastle, and then you bring on your firepower to either win you the game or to kill the game. Like that, that's that's yeah. the way I see it. And I think he'd go with you know how Wilson had a good has a good record against West Ham. He started then. He had a good record against Everton. He started then. So if Eddie Eddie Howe knows all these stats, so he he if, if he knows Wilson has a good record against someone, it'll be Wilson that will start. So yeah, I think he's like your same Pete Pete Davy. Uh, that yeah, I think. He's, uh, that's not a- Right, uh, Michael Palmer, it's a bit two part. I want you to read out both parts for you, Pete. Uh, part one is uh, obviously Paul Dummett has played a massive part in our season of success. I'm presuming, obviously, being in the dressing room, like leader in the dressing room and stuff like that. Um, any chance he gets a new contract? Because obviously, one of the issues is you've got to have so many homegrown players that have come to the academy in you, obviously, Champions League squad and stuff like that. Uh, and he's the second part of the question is, um, when it comes up. Uh, obviously, is there a way back into the first team for some of the summer loanies, as in Isaac Hayden, Jeff Hendrick, uh, Matty Longstaff and uh, Clark? Uh, Paul Dummett is a legend. I um, I, I think they've, they've got some really tough decisions to make, right? They've got a, they've got a squad here which is now top four. They've got to now, what they'll be looking at is how do they close the gap on the, t- if they're third, they're looking, they've got to close the gap on on City. So, and they've only got a certain amount of squad places. So I would I would suggest the part, answer to the second question, sadly, they're all good lads, but I can't, I can't see a future for Isaac Hayne, Jeff Hendrick, Matty Longstaff or Kieran Clark. Paul Dummett, I know he's homegrown, but there's a, there's, they're investing a lot of money into the, the academy. Um, so there's a lot of good players coming up through the, through the ranks as well. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm not sure whether Paul would, would get a new deal, but uh, I hope for from a personal point of view, he does because he's, he's a great lad, but he's not played many minutes either. Um, you know, you've got two lads there really in, uh, in, in not only uh, dummy, but also um, in the third choice keeper as well, who uh, both, um, 
Yeah, Gillespie. Yeah, both both Newcastle lads, both su- supporters of the club. I mean, do you keep them on just for that home the homegrown rule? In the in, you know, especially if there's going to be Champions League football potentially, or do you give your Champions League places to your Elliot Andersons and uh, and, and some of the other young lads in, in the academy who can experience maybe a, a taste of Champions League football, which we've seen in Europe before with the likes of Adam Armstrong and Adam Campbell and. Players like yeah. that who who were blooded and who, who got some taste of European football because of their homegrown status, the club will have to decide whether they'd rather give those the odd minute here and there to some young prospects instead, which I think they might be tempted to do. Okay, it, now it's 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 a little bit of fully loaded transfer show a little bit early now. So Pete, here are the tra- here are the transfer questions for you. Tom Dixon's got the first one for you. Uh, and he says, Pete, how many signs do you think Newcastle will need when we are playing Champions League football next season? Four or five. Fair enough. Uh, nice easy one there for you. Uh, okay, and let's have a look. A couple of people asked this one for you, uh, and it's uh, would I eat there's said, there's a lot of speculation, but who would your ideal signing be? And... A little bit to go on top of that one uh, was Rich Joblin, who said, uh, obviously, your dream signing, but also one realistic summer signing. Dream signing is Jude Bellingham. He'd be the dream. Um, Realistic signing is Jude Bellingham. Just joking. Uh, (laughs) 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 Um. I, I I'd, I'd love us to be in the conversation for Declan Rice. Every time we play against West Ham, I, I think what a player! Um, so I'd love us to go for him. Whether we could prize him up to the northeast, um, Sky Germany reporting tonight that we've been keeping a close eye on the on the two. We, I think we want we want a, a great defensive midfielder. And Sky Germany colleagues over there reporting tonight that we've been keeping a close eye on the two lads at RB Leipzig, who are uh, Dominic Sobersly and. Um, and also uh, Haidara. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, one of those two, maybe obviously our scouts, scouts like players like that. Um, I mean, what I will say is everyone they've signed's done brilliant, haven't they? So I kind of, I kind of less stress. I, you're looking at James Madison there and you think he's only got a year left, Yuri Tillemans. But, and, I've, I think Eddie Howard, Eddie Howard loves Premier League experience. So I think he'd be looking at the likes of, Madison, Declan Rice, Yuri Tillemans, players like that. But the scouting department, Dan Ashworth and Steve Nixon with Eddie Howe have done an unbelievable job identifying players that are right for the system. And they know far more about football than me. Um, so, they, and I think that's why it's it's not the players that have necessarily got better. It's the system. It's Eddie teaching the players to play in this system that's made them into better players. So if they've identified certain players that fit into this system, then go for it. I'm excited to see who they go for. Um, I think Jude Bellingham's probably the best prospect in world football right now. So like I say, he'd be the dream signing. But uh, hey, they persuaded Bruno to buy into the project. Could they persuade yeah. Bellingham? It'll cost. It's going to cost a 130 million quid. Um, there's a lot of talk about Real Madrid. Um, all, all the teams are going to be in for him. Um, I'd love to see us. I'd love to see us just go to the table for players like that. For, for Rice, for Bellingham, for that would be exciting in itself. And even if they missed out. Just to see us seriously going for a couple of names like that would be would be exciting. It would just take me back to 
the Keegan era and picking up the paper and seeing that we were trying to sign Del Piero and all that. And it was like, yeah. it was just <laughs> crazy times. I remember that day in school. I, I was like, Del Piero, what? Couldn't believe it. All the strikers we had already, and we're going for Del Piero as well. I mean, I'll add a side question onto that is that you talked about obviously um, Eddie Howe liking his, his British based players, and obviously Steve Nixon, he goes to South America and he travels Europe. He's got that kind of more European um, uh, kind of uh, understanding with, with regards to players. Do you think there'll be a compromise? At some point in in a in a summer window, where you know they will look at you know anyhow we'll get one of his guys, one of his uh, you know British based players, and then Steve Nixon will maybe pluck one or two from from Europe or even South America. Do you think? Do you think there has to be? Because like you said, you you mentioned Bruno Gamares, like nobody or, or very little um, uh, Newcastle fans knew much about Bruno Gamares, but look what he's come and, and done, and he's he, he's a hero to us now. Do you think do you think there needs to be a little bit of that? I think there is. I think that there has been all the way along, and there has been compromises and agreements. Really, I think that uh, I think Steve Nixon's done an excellent job. But he he got slated for Joe Linton, didn't he? And um, you know, and, and look what a good player he's turned into. Uh, and there's been more that, that Steve has pulled into the club. I think with Dan Ashworth there at the helm as well. I just, yeah, I think there's, I think they get, I'd love to be around that table when they're talking about players and agreeing on them and shaking hands. And yeah, we'll go for him. And I think, I don't think there's any set rule like these are Eddie's and these are Steve's. I think it's all, uh, they, they all agree. They all agree on them. And I, I, you know, Eddie Howe will get the ultimately the last say. And, um, you know, if Steve Nixon will say, "Well, look, do we talk about Bruno? Like he's got this, 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 and this." Eddie would be, Eddie would have been like, "Yeah, if he, if he can get him, get him." Um, so I think, uh, I think, I think it's not a case of compromise, really. I think there's, I think there's genuine agreement. I think it's worked well. The, the machine is working, and uh, I think there'll be some as some domestic based players that Steve Nixon will, will and Dan Ashworth will, will be equally as excited about as Eddie Howe, and vice versa. There'll be foreign players that Eddie Howe is just as excited about as. Steve Nixon, if, if that makes sense. So yeah, I think they work together really well to to bring in, in a, you know and identify players that, that are right for for the football club, which is it's really exciting. I'm really looking forward to the summer. Of course, I do the transfer talk podcast, which is basically just talk about transfers once a week. And I have to be really careful because I just end up talking about Newcastle all the time. <laughs> Fans of other clubs are like. I'm not going to download this podcast anymore. He just Pete talks about Newcastle for an hour. So. <laughs> to be fair, Pete, you've had about 14 years where you didn't have to talk about Newcastle during it, though. So you were like, we'll make yeah. up for it now. True. Very love- true, mate. Very true. I was going to say, I love that you always make a section for us every every part. Every part <laughs> no matter how big or small, there's always a little section for Newcastle. And I love it. And, yeah. uh, you, can, you can tell well, you, you know- gets a little bit Straighted at times, <laughs> but the reason the reason is right is because honestly, Newcastle fans are, are mad. I mean, it's the same with the breakfast show. Honestly, we had so many tweets from Newcastle fans in the morning. You know, we do, we do the mystery player, and and I've just looked down, and it's all like the NUFC John and Tyneside Tim, and I'm just like. <laughs> They just and it's the same we do the podcast. I think the producer spotted it very early. That first window after the takeover, he was like, "I'm not being funny." Off the messages we're getting here from Newcastle fans, so they're listening, Pete. And it, so he's like, "We just might as well put a Newcastle section in." So it wasn't actually my idea. <laughs> so now it's like, right. Sorry, go on. I was just no, go on, Pete. 
I was going to say, you made a really good point there because do you think people underestimate Newcastle of having such a big fan base? It's because we do, literally, Newcastle fans are everywhere. You see them everywhere. You see them abroad. You see them uh, all over social media. Um, you know, they, they follow the club in in any minute area that there's anything talked about Newcastle or even you know, remotely about Newcastle with there. Like, do you think that other clubs, and not us, and not you in particular, do you think other clubs and maybe sections of the media um, underestimate how big we actually are as a club? I think everyone's forgotten. It's as simple as that. They just forgot because it's been so long. And I think the, the cup final showed, like Trafalgar Square, what's going to happen now is fans are going to start re- realising because every cup final, every European away day, the ho- when Newcastle playing away in the Champions League, the city's going to be empty, isn't it? Because everyone's just going to be booking their flights and just going. And, and just like, they're going to take over European cities. And Newcastle fans are fantastic. I have to say, I spoke to um, a current England international's father, one of the one of the most famous players in the country, playing at a top Premier League club. Spoke to his father after the final. He rang me up to, to just praise our supporters. And he was like, I've seen that, I saw the, the pictures. I've seen the way they tidied up the rubbish. He said, "You know what, Pete? He said people will people will 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 have a, have a go at Newcastle fans out there, but don't listen because it's other fans will look at that and they'll be so so envious of what the Newcastle fans created. That not only to turn out in the droves, but it wasn't it wasn't horrible scenes. We get awful stories. There wasn't fights. It was just all happy people and even tidying up after themselves and leaving Trafalgar Square in in a fantastic state. I just think." We really, really showed the world what we're all about, and uh, and I was so proud, so proud of, of our fan base, and um, and I think the the rest of the the rest of the we're we're a good bunch of people, and and I think that um, although people have got one eye on Newcastle fans at the moment, and are probably slightly envious of what they're seeing with with how quickly the team's challenging once again, I think over the years like people will remember just what a big fan base we are. And I think fast forward 20 years and I can't see any other fan base rivaling us as far as world profile, because I just think we're going to, we're just growing and growing. Take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> so we, t- we did touch on a few transfers before we got into that little bit there, but obviously one of the things that Pete mentioned there was obviously you know, the holding midfielder and Players like Kefran Turo and you got where uh, I like it to be preferred to big money ones like Rice. Um, also, with European Champions League qualification, do you think we beat the likes of Liverpool, Stroke, Spurs, two players? Yes, I think I think once one of the beauties of qualifying for the for the Champions League is that you can beat uh, Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool are, are, are massive. They are a massive club. Manchester United. Those two clubs have a, have a pull, which I think often outweighs even Manchester City sometimes. Uh, it's, they've got a history and uh, they're supported worldwide. And I've seen it firsthand because I've done, I've had to do work with Liverpool supporters groups and Manchester United supporters groups. And, and much like Pete was saying about Newcastle fans were everywhere, Liverpool and Manchester United fans are everywhere as well. So they do have a certain pull. But I, I do think, you, you, you said Spurs there, I think Newcastle inside the Champions League are a more attractive option right now than than Spurs probably outside of the Champions League. Um, but we've got to keep doing it. And I, and, and you mentioned Ugart there in, in in Turam, and I think players like that are very much on the lists. I mean, I think they're 
the, the lads he's, who have... He's a top player. He's a top player, the guy on the screen mm-hmm. right now. Uh, there'll be a lot of players after him, and he's um, he could be a little gem if, if, if whoever whoever signs him. Um, but he, we, we had a, we had a preview show last night with um, Dan Potts, who's um, he does some work for Arsenal Fans TV, and he was reading off the players that Arsenal are linked with, and it was really really interesting because me and Chris were on the show last night. We were saying we he was reading the names off, and we were like, hold on, we're linked with those players too. Yeah. And it was like, I said, and I asked him the question. I said, I genuinely believe, like, and do you believe that we're going to be shopping in the same market? This is Arsenal that have been fighting for the title all season and, uh, and you know, have just missed out or potentially just going to miss out to Man City. And he was like, you know what? I genuinely believe we did. We are. Mm. There was Musa Diabe, there was James Madison, there was Yuri Tillemans. You know, there were players like that that were that were linked. Declan Rice, for example, the only two teams I've seen Declan Rice linked with is either Newcastle or Arsenal. Right, and mm. it, 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 it's crazy to think that just in a year, the amount of turnaround in that actually we are genuinely going to be in that conversation with these sorts of players. And can we compete financially? We can. Can we compete? with a view to the future, most definitely. And he actually admitted that. He was like, look, Arsenal are probably maybe slightly ahead because of where how good of a season they had. But it, he was like, if someone like Rice turns around and looks at both clubs and he looks at Newcastle, he can, he can say to himself, well, at some point, there might not be next season, but at some point, Newcastle are going to win. Uh, yeah. a number of trophies so they are just as much of a viable option as Arsenal and that's an Arsenal fan saying that and that was that was a really kind of like open eyes open moment for me um, because it just shows how other clubs feel about Newcastle and the potential for us to move forward yeah and you know we've we've, we've discussed about five or six central midfielders there I think everyone agrees that we need a sort of number six and but there's about five or six there that we've mentioned you know, so say for example, City buy one of them, Arsenal buy another one. We're, you know, next in line with Manchester United. You know, so we're going to get one of those players, aren't we? It's like it's a given. I think we're going to get. We'll probably get one of the players we've talked about on this on this podcast, which is which is great. And I think, uh, like I say, I, th- I think that I genuinely think there'll be at least four players who will come in and challenge for a, a starting position. Um, and it's going to be really tough. It's going to be really tough. Tr- tough dropping players, but as good as Newcastle have been, there's still a gap between them and Manchester City and that's, they're going to have to make some ruthless decisions to, to try and close that gap, but it's just really exciting. I just think this group of players we have done an unbelievable job and it, it's been my favourite season since, since uh, I think since Bobby, Bobby's first season, like yeah. season that he had Um and but they're just such a likable bunch. They're more likable. They am I making this up? They're more likable than the, than the Bobby team or the Keegan team, aren't they? I mean, the, there was characters in that team that you thought he's a decent player, but you wouldn't want to go out for a pint with them. I'd want to party with this lot every every night. <laughs> the great great lads, and you probably will at some stage. <laughs> But I think what we also need to do is give a massive, like, sort of round of applause to the media team at the club because they've captured so many amazing moments. Um, you know, we look at the, the pictures after the game. That Daz, you you've got a list of pictures from all yeah. the all the review shows of of, of 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 the wins that we've had this season. But not just that, 
the club capture the moments when they're going into the change rooms and everyone's shaking hands and high-fiving and the reactions coming off the pitch. All of these moments we get to see that we didn't get to see under Sir Bobby Robson. I'm not different that, times, though. They're, they're, they're different different era, you know, like social media and uh, yeah. Sorry, but, but we but we capture it so well now. Yeah, we do, and, and it really gives us an insight that that no other team really does. You look at our social media uh, from the club and what we do now. No other club does it on 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 the level that we do. We've and it. And it it, you know, I think those Newcastle fans really, really appreciate that because it gives us that inner workings of how the club is is processing. And we, we, I genuinely believe we're setting the benchmark right now. A lot of clubs are looking at us, what we're doing social media wise, how we're promoting the club, and they're they're looking to follow suit. It wouldn't surprise me. Mm. You see more teams doing that right now than ever before, and that's because of us. We, we set that. We set the benchmark with that last season. Yeah. Right, Pete, I know you've got a couple of minutes left, so I've got a, literally I've got two one word answer questions for you and then one final one, then we'll let you get off. Um the first one is Simon Davis. He says obviously it looks like we'll be in the market for a new left back. Do you think it'll be uh Kieran Tini or someone else? So obviously if it's Teeny, just say like- Teeny. If you think it's someone else, say their name. I like that these he's spelt target with a double T as well. Very clever, Simon. Um <laughs> Uh, I, I think I think Tierney is a is a good option. Um, obviously, Zinchenko's played left back there all season. He's had a couple of injury issues. Uh, I think yeah. I, there's a couple of other names in the back of my mind that I think they might they might potentially go for the you know how how fit is Kieran Tierney, but uh, he's a good player, very good player. So yeah, I'd like to see him. They, they need a left back, don't they? Although Matt Target done well when he came in. I know there's a big question mark over whether Dan Burns a natural left back, but he's I spoke to someone and they said Dan Byrne just epitomises everything that's class about Newcastle at the moment blood and thunder and he gets stuck in and I, I like seeing him on the pitch I don't I almost it's the first season ever where as excited as I am about players coming in I'm absolutely gutted for anyone they're going to replace so yeah yeah but TNE, TNE, I wouldn't be surprised if, if there's a, an interest in TNE yet uh, Chantel another quick one uh, she wants to know us is it true that Newcastle and talks with Barcelona for Rafinha quoted roughly about 80 million euros? Well, they liked him before he went to Barcelona and I've seen one of the journalists say that there's, there's no truth in this, but if they decide to, if they decide to buy a, a wide right winger, then I think he, I think he's, he's definitely a name that would come up. He's Brazilian. Um, we've got a couple of Brazilian lads there already. So I wouldn't say it's a non-starter. I think that uh, I think it's a, he's a he's a he's a good player. But I, I, I keep an eye on him. He is, he is still playing for Barcelona. I was yeah. interested to see the link with Ansar Fati as well at Barca. Yes. Um, he's a li- he's a little bit younger, and um, and they they have to make they have to make some space for in their squad because they've got too many players and they they, they need to they need to sell some sellable assets. So. The very thought that we might be going in for players from Barcelona is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> uh, and the last final question for you, uh, Pete, then we'll let you go, is off Michael Pomar again. Uh, he, just was, he wants to know, how much credit does that Dan Ashworth for the players Brighton have right now? Was it all yeah. because of him or was it more of the scouting system there? Well, two things on this. Brighton are an incredibly run football club and they keep doing it. And they've done it since Dan Ashworth left as well. So whether he started um, started some of those conversations. But what I will say is I've spoken to so many people in football and everyone is just glowing about Dan Ashworth saying 
what what a fantastic guy he is. It, I mean, they, they say that about Newcastle have done brilliant assessing who to bring in, and they brought in all the right people. And Ashworth's going to be a huge part of, and he is already a huge part of the football club. But I've I've, I've been lucky enough to meet him on a couple of occasions. He's a, he's, he's a seems like a fantastic fella and I've had great reports from other people who worked with him at the FA and worked with him at Brighton. Um, insane by Darren Eels, he's a real character as well, life and soul. I mean, he's, he fits right in in Newcastle, doesn't he? He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a character, but he's it, but at the same time, um, without saying too much, he's in the right way. I think he does it in exactly the right way. He gets the fans on board yeah. and it's not... It doesn't overstep it. It's like I love, I love, I love seeing him having a pint and singing. It was just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was great. And uh, yeah, it's just like all the cogs are in place, and it's it's exciting times. But yeah, Ashford's going to be massive for us. But Brighton are a well-run football club. They are an example to all the other all the other sort of clubs trying to get themselves up the table. But as amazing as it sounds, we are we've we've gone beyond that already. I think we're not we're not really bright more. We, we we are part of this new look big seven, and there's no doubt about it that we are very much deserving of our place in in that as well. Yeah, so that's great to see. I'm adding a little tiny question on the end of it, but do you think it? Do you think there genuinely will be a discussion next season with regards to a big seven? Do you think? Do you think it will change at some point in terms of how people refer to it? Yeah. Don, Pete, you've got to go. Uh, so. Uh... We'll let, we'll, we'll, we'll let you go, Pete. Thanks for staying on a few minutes extra as well, Pete, because you're up here Pete, in the morning. Pete, Pete, you text me when it, when this, we start talking about the Big Seven. You text and I'll, I'll, you know what you say. We, we said this. Uh, Rich, yeah. Daz, it's been absolutely brilliant yeah. to see you both. Congratulations yeah. on 100 episodes. Um, it, was a, it was a pleasure to come on, guys. And, uh, yeah, no doubt we'll catch up in the summer. But uh, great podcast. Love it. Yeah. And I do check in. Or even the ones that I'm not doing, I check in once in a while. I'm watching it's. Try and, I try and soak up as What's much of the, the, <laughs> the one where you weren't there. What was that week? <laughs> <laughs> well played, Love well it. played, Keith. Well played. Um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, <laughs> Pete, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try and we'll try and get you on in the summer. We'll, we'll we'll talk some transfers. We might even try and get Lee on as well with together. Uh, I know you yeah. see him now and again um, down yeah. there. So uh, we'll we'll, um, we'll try and get you guys on together for for a show um, uh, at some point in the summer. But absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you for taking the time. Um, terrific guests as always. And everyone in the chat is so appreciative of you taking the time to come and join us. So, um, yeah, you're definitely, uh, you're definitely a huge part of everything we do at Loading Mag and the FC. But uh, until the summer, uh, fingers crossed we'll talk about Champions League, but you take care, mate. Speak to you soon. Enjoy it, guys. Thank you so much. Nice to speak to you. See you soon. Cheers, mate. All the best, Ned. See you later. Bye-bye. Superb. Uh, really, really good. Uh, really, really good chat with with um, with Pete there. Um, yeah, uh, we, 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 I think we got we got some 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 good info out of him. And uh, what, what show was it? Was he on about? I'm on all the shows. What was it? <laughs> He's winding you. For everyone in the chat, like we, we, this is this, that's not it. We, we, we're still here. We're still we're still going. Uh, this is Loading Mag NFC. We, we keep chatting away. and uh, um, Great to have Pete on and his opinions. And he will be back, as you said. 
and he enjoyed watching. Anyone Italian. looking for Martin? Uh, he, he he texted me and said that he's he's enjoying his food too much, so he's not going to pop back on. But I know he's helping his daughter with with something as well, so uh, that's why he couldn't jump back on. So that's fair enough. He'll be back on another show, you know. Yeah, you know, he Martin, he'll be back on, no doubt about it. But look, uh, it's been a it's it's been a great chat. Um, and look, it just goes back to the point, you know. The likes of Pete Graves watches the show, he, he watches what we do and he appreciates it. And we appreciate every single one of you in the chat that put your questions in, that have taken the time to come and join us tonight. And while you're there, just click the like button. Click the like button. It only takes a second, um, but it means that the world to us. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, if you're new to the channel, if you're just watching it for the first time, click that subscribe. We've had like 20, 30 subscribers in the last week, which is amazing. Um, Probably less than that, actually, in the last three or four days. So if you're new to the channel, come and subscribe. We're on the way to to, uh, to 6K. And um, look, as we talked about, uh, we're on tonight, but we're not finished yet. There's, there's a lot more content coming your way from Loaded Mag and you seen We've got irons in the fire, uh, ready for the summer to kick off uh, what will be a very, very interesting summer uh, for all um, of Newcastle. Um, uh, as we're hopefully targeting Champions League football. But look, boys, um, I, I think there's some other questions in there. But Carl, top man, Carl, thank you. Um, Cheers, thank Carl. You for, uh, $5, $5 donation. Um, and look, uh, I think we'd love to come and join you in Atlanta in the summer, but uh, I don't know if I'll, uh, I don't know if I'll, um, if, if we'll be able to. Well, I certainly won't be able to, but I don't know about you. <laughs> I think um, it's probably the other piece. He's, he's not he's asking. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I imagine Pete probably will get over there. For, he for might, yeah. Hopefully, knows, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boys, nothing to say. He could be an NUFC ambassador over there. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, well, that, that actual would be televised. I wonder in some in some shape or form. Uh, yeah. You know what? It wouldn't surprise me if Sky take that on. You know, that would be that would be a good question to ask ask uh, Pete. <laughs> but uh, we'll ask him next time. Definitely, um, boys. Where do you want to go next in terms of uh, the, the conversation? Is there anything in particular you want to talk about? Any more uh, questions, Richie? There's just a couple, but they're more about our weekend. Uh, but we could probably <laughs> save that to the last. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, let's um, let's talk about um, just a different type of topic, um, and it's this guy here, um, Lewis Miley, on his seventeenth birthday, signed his first professional contract. Um, everyone's buzzing to see him sign his new contract at the club. Um, you know, I'll ask you the question. You know, what's the what what do you see? in Lewis Miley's future for the next six months to a year. Now he signed his contract on his 17th birthday. What do you think's next for him? I would say that he'll be part of the, the pre-season plans, uh, get, uh, be brought along to, to those, uh, see how he gets on. Maybe he will get sent out on loan uh, to a club that might will, will play him because there's talk of uh, Garen Carew will be sent out on loan against next year. Again, it won't, probably won't be to Hearts, but it'll be to... 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, he he will uh, he'll get some some time uh, closer on the, the first team during the summer, I'd say. But uh, but then we he sent on. Okay. Um, do you see him? Yeah, I mean, like Daz mentioned, you see, you see him getting some a little bit of time during preseason or or in the build-up. Do you see him going to going to America, Rich, um, with with the rest of the boys and and maybe getting a run out or so? Um, it's definitely a possibility. Um, because obviously we know, I think we, we touched on it. There's a, I think there's one game, I think it's the second and third game, where they've got to go from Atlanta back up to New Jersey, I think it is. within. So there's two games in three days. So I imagine you'll probably see two different teams over both of that. So I imagine that's the perfect example to uh, to, 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 to give them some, uh, some time out there against some quality opposition as well. Um, but also, I suppose it also depends on how far ahead we are with, Transfer incomings and outgoings as well. Obviously, the outgoings, some of them, are the contracts have run out. You know, June the first, so that they'll not be there full stop. I suppose it depends on how many are brought into the squad before they leave. Uh, obviously, we know we can get people in straight away from June the first, and obviously they don't train until July, July the first. So, you know, but obviously the, the transfer window goes down till the end of August. So it's there's, there's a lot of possibilities, but I think you know. I think what the Newcastle will learn the thing of is, is even though he hasn't been on loan, he's been in the reserves himself. Um, for the under 18s, there's a possibility he could go up to the under 21s. I can't see him doing like a, a Grand Kowal because obviously they're a very similar age. I know both great ages, great age. Um, <laughs> uh, but I don't, I, I don't, I can't see him going to like somewhere where he's just going to pretty much sit on the bench like, like Kowal has at heart because to be, I think we all agree that's been a bit of a, a waste of a. Uh, a loan move for him, developmental wise, um, he's probably going to be something where he, 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 you know he's like a a League One, League Two stint next year for a, and play for a full season. Make sure they're putting the contract that he needs to have game time full stop. He's not there to sit on the bench. Um, but there's a lot of possibilities with Lewis. Obviously, with being under eighteen, he, he's played quite a few times for the under twenty ones. He'll be in that squad, I'd imagine, pretty much all the time now. If he was to stay, uh, just obviously training in and around the. The first team's an option. Obviously, that, that could they, could they see that much potential and where they could go. Like with, with Elliot Anderson, they drafted him into the first team squad early and did a bit more like how Man City did with Phil Foden because obviously they're going to train with people of a higher quality on a day-to-day basis. Sometimes you don't need the loan spell, but at the, at the same time, you know, it's it's well worth sending him on a, on a season-long loan where if he's going to get game time. You know, we, we used to send a lot of the under-17s, under to, to Gateshead. Obviously, they're in the national league, so that's a, a decent little test for them. If they, um, if, you know, for, for for competitive football, does you know the, the Mike Williamson's the coach there? Obviously, ex Newcastle centre half, um, Adam Campbell plays up front for them uh, as well. So there's a there's a strong Newcastle connection there, and obviously keeps him in the northeast as well. The club can um, speak, see them in check in regularly if needs be. If there's not obviously not a a game on themselves. Eddie could just go along and watch as well. So something like that could be an ideal little thing for him as well. So but there's plenty of options. I'm sure obviously Eddie will see what he's like in training over pre-season and we'll let, we can go from there though. Yeah, I want to answer this question from, from Rich Jobling about my mug. 
Uh, you can't get it anywhere. I made it myself, Rich, I'm afraid. But uh, we do, we're not stocking out any uh, loaded merch at the moment. But uh, we're, we'll probably look into doing it again in, in the, the new season. So keep an eye out for it. Don't worry. We'll tell you all about it when, when, it, when it drops. Uh, so keep, keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, be well yet, though. Definitely. Uh, Mark, Mark Taylor, if anyone knows, he's on the 12th Man um, channel. He, he's an Arsenal fan, but he comes on and supports the channel regularly. He's put, last season, Newcastle blew Arsenal out the water with the atmosphere at St. James's Park um, uh, and, and on the pitch as well. Do you think Newcastle will be more nervous this time round? Um, I sort of asked this question to, to Dan and Chris yesterday, but, but what do you boys think? Do you think that there's a, there'll be a little bit of nervousness for Newcastle because of what it means for us um, it, it, in the game on Sunday? Or do you think you know, the confidence levels will just be absolutely sky high and it won't matter at all? I think be a bit of both, really. Uh, it, it's understandable if there's some nerves, but I think with the crowd behind Newcastle, it, it's going to it, that that that'll be the, the telling factor. Actually, I think this is going to be a draw. Uh, this game uh, coming out the weekend, um, but uh, yeah, I I don't. It's not, it's not nerves aren't going to play a big factor, but uh, the, the crowd will. Well, it, it's going to be a very difficult game because uh, Arsenal will be still trying for us best they can to try and win that league and they've had a great season as of we so um, it'll be very tight What do you think Rich? I don't know it's, 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 I think it's a little bit of an unknown because obviously last year Arsenal uh, were, were fighting for Champions League with Spurs um, they hadn't been in that sort of position before um, and obviously Newcastle were still on that crest of a wave the way they finished the season and um, they hadn't experienced anything like playing at St James's Park. Obviously, this time, you know they, they have, you know, experience of facing the beast at what what St James's Park is, and, and obviously this season's been a fortress for us. Um, you know, you you look at we, we lost to Liverpool, and that and to be fair, even though we were out of ten men, after even though we were two 0 down, we for the majority of the game after that, we battered Liverpool. After that, you know we. We ran Man City for the money, um, and then obviously you, you go to, you know, Man United didn't stand a chance against them. We had up here. Obviously, we saw last week what happened to Spurs when they came up here. They're obviously Arsenal's North London rivals. So, um, I think the interesting thing is obviously they've had, they've got the experience of now um, seeing what happened last year. Obviously, the, the one thing we've got this time is that we've got the pressure of qualifying for the Champions League like they had last year. So that's something that's a bit of an unknown for us this time. Obviously, the unknown thing for them is they've still got an outside chance of winning the title. Um, so, you know, they, there's a bit of pressure on them because they know that they, if they want to win the league, they, obviously they need Man City to serve, but they also they need to win everything. So there's a lot of pressure on them. That's an unknown for them as well. Um, so it's 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 weird. Uh, possibly, I, I think it's it's something where you know we've got the experience of the team now and you know it was like we when we we had the show on 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 Tuesday night, there was a lot of people giving us a run and comment of the Arsenal Chelsea game um and okay yes Chelsea went that's how Arsenal went 3-0 up quite quick they still said that they were pretty defensively they were pretty shocking that they were overly fantastic it was obviously Chelsea were really poor and stuff like that so it'll be interesting to see obviously what they're like away from home um you know against the, the team that's got the best defensive record in the country um, and obviously, there's this chance that they've really missed Salaba at the back, really, really have. And obviously, there's 
talks that uh, Gabriel might be missing as well because he got a knock on Tuesday night. So it's, if if they've got Rob Holden and the new Polish lad, is it, is it Kawar or something he's called? Yeah. There's, there's a there's a there's a chance that they're they're there for the taking as well. So there's God, there's there's so many possibilities that can happen. I think the one thing is for me is. It's a bit like how we said when Liverpool came to town. Obviously, we know how that one went, and it wasn't our day. I think it's one we can't lose. We need to get something out of it. Uh, but there's nothing to stop us getting the same sort of result that we had last week, last last season. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I from what Dan Potts was saying yesterday, um, he he was convinced that Gabriel was going to miss the game. Um, yeah, he he was saying uh, from the. From his perspective, or from what he'd heard, he he he'd, he'd done something bad, and that he'd gone down three or four times. Should have been taken off earlier on. Um, I didn't see that to a point because obviously we were on the show, so um, I didn't see that level of detail. But if if Gabriel's missing and Saliba's missing, which looks like it's going to be the case, because Potts keeps mentioning that Saliba won't be seen again this season. Um, for me, that is massive. That that that's huge. Um, and uh, <laughs> just to let people know what's coming next, um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I think I think that's massive, um, and, and I think that could be the difference. Holding um, is is not a great centre back, and equally, um, although um, I think it's Kawar, 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 yeah, it's yeah. Polish lad, yeah. I apparently had a good game against Chelsea, but. This is a different situation coming to St James's Park against the likes of Wilson, Isaac, um, and Arsenal are well known for not being able to get, to stop goals going in, and that could be the difference. If we win, uh, and I maintain this, I'm still a little bit like Daz and, and yourself, a little bit like, you. I don't want to say we're getting Champions League football, I don't want to guarantee it because we're not quite there, but if we win on Sunday, we're getting Champions League football because I do not, but I, I don't believe that we won't get another three points or even another six or even another however many after that because we'll be on such a roll. I can honestly see us going to Leeds and turning them over too uh, quite comfortably. And then we've got Brighton and Leicester coming to St. James's Park where we can really drum up the atmosphere to take us over the line. I genuinely believe if we win Sunday, we get Champions League. Um, no, 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 just that, Pete, you know, we're talking about this time in, say, an hour's time, if the results stay the way things are at the Amex, you know we're still in third and we're level on point level with uh, Man, Man United. So that's another you know a psychological blow for Man United, but it's also a bit of a boost for Liverpool because obviously then they know they're not the six points behind us, but technically because of the goal difference, they're seven points behind. Whereas Man United, their goal difference is crap compared to Liverpool, and they're only what five points ahead. So technically two wins, even if Man United were to draw on. <laughs> They can still catch that fourth place, so there's a lot more pressure on there on Man United then technically. So, it, is, is that something where we could turn around and have something a bit of, of relief ourselves? Do you know what I mean? Where we don't have that added pressure as much. So, there's loads still to go. Do you know what I mean? You know, Liverpool might not win against Brentford. That's, that's, that's a tough game for them, as you mentioned before. Yeah. We Ivan Tony's, you know, Fulham, you know, weren't lucky last night, but they didn't really have a goal threat either. Whereas Brentford have been up in and around them all season, but they've got the goal threat. So, oh, there's loads to happen. It's a big week. It's another big weekend in the Premier League to decide how that top four is going to end. I, I look, I look to Brentford. Um, if I'm right in thinking, I'll just have another quick look. Uh, I, I'm sure I had a look at um, Brentford's um, d- 
defensive record yesterday. And I was like, I was pretty sure that they hadn't conceded that many goals in the Premier League. Um, I'll have another quick look. Conceded 44 and they've scored 52. Yeah. Uh, it might have been. It was, it was well, while you're looking for that, Pete, I'm going to put this draw on because uh, I, I, yeah, I, I the reason why, why I, 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 I uh, brought it up earlier is that <laughs> I, I, I forget it and uh, Chris will kill me because we said that we'd, we'd do the draw. Uh, so we said it for a couple of weeks and we, we haven't done it. So here it is. It's back. The draw is back. The spinning wheel, which you can't see because it's so tiny. Sorry, Rich Joblin. Maybe I can zoom it up a bit uh, here uh, without breaking anything. Let us see. No, it won't let me. It won't let me zoom it up. Not really. Let's <laughs> make it smaller. If if anything else, uh, <laughs> no, it's just it's just zooming the text, isn't it? Right. Not to worry. Not to worry. Uh, as long as right. we see the winner's name, that's the most important. Yeah, thing, that, that's it. That's it. Right. So this is for uh, on our hundredth episode. We're going to give away a uh, twenty-five pound voucher for uh, the Newcastle store. So, uh, yeah, best of luck to everyone in the draw. Uh, 113 names in the draw, including our own. But if we get pulled out, which is what we do, uh, we, we won't we'll be spinning again. So, let's go and see. Best of luck, will everybody. We, will we be spinning again? <laughs> well, I'm still waiting for two prizes I supposedly got. <laughs> John Elliott, congratulations, John. You are the winner. Of a twenty-five pound voucher for a Newcastle store. Uh, please contact us, John. We'll try and try and find you. If you don't contact us as well, I'll try and try and find you on Twitter or something. But uh, yeah, get in contact with us, and we'll get that prize sent out to you. So yeah. a nice one. Congratulations, John. Yeah. Are we, set, are we setting a uh, uh, setting a deadline for John to get back to us? If we don't, like, then it's usually two weeks, isn't it? So. Yeah, we'll 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 give John two weeks. So uh, this day, two weeks, uh, we'll uh, we'll have to put it back in in and spin again. But uh, uh, so what? Um, here, how can I not get back there? No, I'm back. I'm back. Uh, well, yeah, congratulations, John, our winner for the night. Great stuff, and more. Yeah, more prize draws to come. Uh, uh, I'm sure uh, Chris will be working away on, on what's next uh, for the loaded uh, members draw. So yeah, brilliant stuff. And if you're not a member, you know what you need to do: get yourself in there. And um, like I said, there'll be more members draws coming up, um, and you've got an opportunity to win the prize. So fantastic stuff uh, for everyone. And as Daz as rightly put on there, we've got the blue button. You can only do it on your laptop. You can't do it on a mobile phone. So yeah. um, you click the uh, the blue button. It only takes a second to be able to sign up to become a member, but you become part of the the, the loaded family. So get, get it's an old picture it. that one. So take your notice. But uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an old picture. But yeah, that's all you that's all you need to do. So um, what are we doing now, lads? Are we rounding up. I've got, I've got those two couple of questions that were the, the, oh, yeah, the, the ones from our, our weekend that need asking. Then obviously we can get into the sponsors <clears> before we round up, but. Brett C uh, wants to know, obviously he's a fantastic supporter of the channel, often comments. He wants to know, basically, are any of the lads still drunk from the weekend? Well, there's two missing tonight, and we had one sitting in the bar with a bottle on before, so he's probably just topped himself up from the weekend. But I'm fine. Nah. That, Pete, you, you, have you got your, you, I'm taking you've got your brandy in hand and stuff like that. So, yeah, without fail. So, uh, yeah, you I'm, might be talking yourself up a little bit. Daz, I, I, you're probably like me. You've got, you've got a cup of tea. I've got a bottle of water, so I think... 
I think we're probably safe on that um, one. Yeah, I'm, I'm always on the water. That's that never, it's never teeth water. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. Uh, yeah, yeah. From since yesterday, I was fine. Uh, just the tiredness was really the worst thing for me. Uh, this is just obviously we're on tonight, and uh, I literally finished work at like seven o'clock, so I dashed home <laughs> to make sure uh, I was a ho- I was here to for the show. So this was kind of like the ah, the side moment when you finish work for the day, you have a little. You have a little tipple. Down tools. Uh, yeah, that, that was it. So, yeah, but but yeah, it did take, take me, I've got to be honest, it did take me a couple of days to recover because it was a heavy, heavy weekend. Yeah. Uh, the amount of alcohol that was consumed by everybody during that weekend was, uh, was yeah, uh, next level. So, didn't need a couple of days, but... Uh, <laughs> It was all worth it. It was all worth it. It was. It was definitely worth it. It was a fantastic week. And as we said, we had a good time meeting each other for the first time. Uh, got you know a nice meal on the night and the match on the Sunday. But obviously, the, the, one of the main things we do there was we obviously had the charity football game where we raised over £800 for the Gated Food Bank, which was a fantastic cause. Uh, we've had some fantastic feedback uh, on NUSA Twitter for obviously Newcastle Fans TV for Lord as well. Obviously, Adam P, various of the people who took part as well. Um, and obviously wished us a, a huge thanks for, for doing that and saying that obviously it's nice to see NUFC Twitter coming together for a change, not being toxic like it used to be a few years ago. It's a fantastic place and obviously um, it's amazing what happens when you know fans pull together, uh, which we also we were really proud and that was the most important thing why we did that on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but Michael Pomar has asked us a question about the, the football side of it uh, and he basically wants to know is, which of the loaded lads impressed you the most in football ability on Saturday? And also their ability to hold the grog in the evening. Well, I think the second half of that was quite a straightforward one because it wasn't really one that was going to be debatable because we always we know what he's like for holding the grog. <laughs> uh, would, would, would you say that to Martin? <laughs> Uh, Martin was was out the blocks, wasn't he? He was uh, it was there was no no tomorrow, uh, and he, he did kind of suffer the next day, <laughs> which is which was kind of funny. Uh, but uh, and yeah, you know what? Like uh, we knew we all knew Pete, Pete could play ball, and Richie, you were really impressed in in, in goal. Uh, and but uh, we had kind of touched on it before as well. But Martin Martin was kind of a dark horse. I wasn't expecting Martin to be that good. He Martin wasn't expecting himself to be that good. I think so. Fair play. To him, he put in a great effort on on the day. I winced every time you went into to to save uh, when you when you went to ground, Richie. Every time you went to ground, <laughs> yeah, I, I was literally like this. No, because yeah, your knee. Like I was thinking, please, like, is it the point where I was thinking your knee's just going to fall off? Like the amount of times you were diving at players' feet, so I was thinking, Jesus Christ. And I said to you, this, this, I actually hurt me. I hurt me knee like after about five minutes, and it wasn't diving around like if. You know, a headless chicken. I actually just knelt down and put some pressure on me knee, and that was it. So all the ones where I was diving and sliding around, whatever, that 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 what that didn't do. It was just I literally knelt. It got me body behind the ball. That was it. But I, as I said, I, I got I got like what three quarters of the game. It was more than I was expecting to get two weeks ago. So really enjoyed it and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I think I think uh, it was obviously. You know, you look at obviously me and Peter discussed we played football before and stuff like that, and it was nice to see Martin play. After he, that was the first time he'd played in fifteen years. Obviously, uh, Daz, obviously, you know, you, you you did pretty well on the pitch as well. So obviously, and I, we can't really comment on uh, the Anthony Gordon of the Loaded Channel. He was late up from Liverpool. We can't really comment on a ten-minute cameo, uh, really, can we? So it's uh, 
we'll have time. to reserve judgment on Chris for for next year. Next year, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no. It was class, as, as he as he described there. It was it was just a great experience, um, and uh, we'll definitely do it again. <laughs> Yeah, we, we might have to make room for Pete Graves next time. Yeah, uh, we, yeah, we've got a uh, new signer. Sure. <laughs> uh, um, and and let, let's not forget um, Double O Stato Keith Roll yeah. uh, with, with the tackle of the game. Uh, I don't know where he came from, but he just he pulled in a last, last ditch tackle uh, that literally cleaned out the ball and the player. It was a real crazy. Uh, <laughs> and he just got up so casually, he just kind of just. just just strolled off afterwards. It was brilliant. Uh, yeah, it was great to be. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, I never, I never asked you this because I, I don't know how it happened. But that save in the second half, where it was off the corner, and it, it sort of like hit me head, hit the post, hit the bar, and came down, landed at my feet. I, I still do do not know what happened. Or that you would probably have to tell me that. But there was a couple of people asking us about it, and I said I don't know. You'd have to. I, I wish we recorded to see how it happened. But I just remember it hit this in the head, hitting the post, and going somewhere. And then being at my feet, so I don't know what happened on that one, but I'll be going to VAR for that one for sure. Yeah. Didn't cross yeah. the line. Didn't no. cross the line. No, I didn't cross the line. Don't worry about that. Let's give a shout out to the sponsors. A shout out to the readyinnershed.com. And uh, we all know about Russ. And uh, I'm just going to remove the comma one second. There we go. Yeah, uh, Russ and the radiators he has on offer, as we put Richie in jail. Uh, and you, you, you've seen them all already, but here's the, the latest pictures that Russ has sent us on. And I know he's working on the showroom, so that should be coming along pretty shortly. And there he is. There's Russ. And if you need to get those radiators installed, uh, the install works uh, will sort you out there as well. And also a shout out to... So I line myself up for it, is the HO Bathroom Design Co., the Northeast's largest supplier of Velcro and Botch bathroom wear. Team Valley Gated, over 20 years established, ran by the family, get down to the showroom on 11th Avenue, Team Valley Estate Gated. It's like I have a wrote down and I say the same thing every night. Um, right, and here is uh, the bathrooms. Uh, yeah, so go check those out. I'd say if, if you, you'd want to go in there and check it all out in person, I'd say it's even better than the pictures and the pictures are pretty impressive. So uh, check those out if you're ever looking for bathrooms or know someone that is you know, their house. That's it. Shout out for our sponsors. Uh, we are back again on uh, Sunday night uh, for the uh, reaction show. Uh, looking forward to that one. Hopefully, it's all with smiling faces again, and we're celebrating another victory. Uh, but let us see on that one. Uh, as I mentioned before, anyone that's in Ireland, get along to the 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 event. It's going to be the first meeting of this group as well. The the, the Irish Mags, anyone that's in Dublin at, on Sunday. But uh, and if you want to the build up for the game, check out Away Days, for, uh, which was on last night. Went early because uh, just on, on uh, timings and getting getting the availability of people. So there's plenty of time to catch up on Away Days. I have about 10 minutes of it left to watch myself. I got, I got through a bit of it uh, earlier on. But uh, yeah, it's a quality show with uh, Dan and Albert. Yeah, Albert making his debut uh, to for, uh, for loading Mag NFC. Um, he was he was brilliant, really really great guest. And you know what? He, he properly bigged up the channel because of the uh, the people in the chat and obviously what we do. He's 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 already a subscriber, but um, 
he really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and he said, you know, we've, we've got, a, we've built ourselves a really, really good channel here. So, um, yeah, check it out. Some really, really good talking points about Newcastle and Arsenal. So, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Right, that is it, uh, everyone. Uh, thanks to everyone who joined for the for the the hundredth episode of Loaded Mag. Uh, we're going to mix it up a bit now. There might not be titled Loaded Mag going forward, but uh, and we will stop that number sequencing. But uh, don't worry, the shows shall continue. Uh, you can you can uh, count on that. But uh, only one question left to ask, I guess. That how did you like that?